and actually, you know, we were talking about comics for kids, but Invincible, the show, should not be watched by kids. Like, it's upsetting. No. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can imagine some some people being, like, some parents being like, oh, yeah, watch this show. It's an animated, it's cool, Wi-Fi, whatever. And then their kids are watching people's heads explode and everything. is like, ah! <laughs> And we are live after a long hiatus. Yeah, you 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 said it, uh, Taga in the background. Uh, we are live after a long hiatus, uh, uh, a couple of months hiatus, really, with the Keeg Live, the show that comes at you every other week where we talk about different geek topics. This week um, is uh, your your dog is very very into Invincible. Invincible. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about Invincible, whether it be the 144-issue comic series or if it's uh, the new animated series that's on Amazon Prime right now. Five episodes are out. Uh, We are talking about both of those. Now, the first hour of this show is going to be talking Hopefully, no spoilers, uh, for but just about those first five episodes of the animated series. Uh, and then, after that, we're going to take it and we're going to explore exactly what could happen and what did happen in the comic series and kind of go with that. Luckily, it's not just me talking, because uh, that would be really, really boring. Um, I mean, I'm enthusiastic, but I'm not enthusiastic for two hours of solo work. So, I have brought two awesome guests. We got Kyle Dobson. Kyle, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, what shirt are you wearing? Is it, is it on, wearing, on... It's, it's a Freakazoid. Freakazoid shirt. Okay. I figured the exclamation point was kind of invincible If you flip it upside down? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I also realized recently that, like, the image logo kind of looks like Invincible's logo, right? Was that on purpose? Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. Now that you say that, it's very, very similar. Yeah. Also, the Incredibles. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the Incredibles logo is is, is kind of like that. But okay, a lot of eyes fine. in those early aughts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many times can you put an eye in a circle and call it a new thing? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thank you, Kyle, uh, uh, for for coming on the show. Uh, you're going to be dealing your expertise on the subject matter. Uh, but we also have a second guest, Andrew Chang. Andrew, Hi. how are you doing, man? Good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you're you're in outer space. I feel like Alan the Alien is going to fly past you. A little invincible reference, you know? Um, either that or... Wait, no, I'm not going to spoil anything. Never mind. I was about to say a spoiler. Like, have we, have we gotten that far in the animated series yet? You guys are going to have to keep me in check because... Sometimes I, I feel like I'm probably the one most likely to lay down uh, a spoiler and I shouldn't, I'm the host. Uh, I should conform to my own rules. Um, um, I was going to, I had a question in mind and I was going to answer it or ask it, but I forget what it was. So I'm going to switch to the main screen right there. Um, uh, did you guys did you guys read the comics without spoiling anything? Did you guys read you guys have read the comics, right? Yeah. Yes. Did you guys I, uh, did you guys I, read it like a whole ways back when it first came out? Or when did you guys get into Invincible? 
Yeah, it, I mean, it started when I was in high school, so um, I didn't know about it till like, maybe there were, like, 30 issues out, and uh, and a friend of mine in high school, uh, shout out to G. Wesley, he, like, just th- handed me the first trade, and he was like, read this, it's crazy, and I was like, okay, so uh, I did, and he was right, and then uh, I think on and off, I read, like, up to, like, maybe issue 80, but then before the series, I just went um through like a library app and just like binge through it over the over the holidays and uh and finally read all of it yeah it's a lot but it is a lot it's 144 (laughs) issues plus some other some other issues here and there yeah yeah uh andrew what about you um i remember reading occasionally uh uh wow 13 years ago um and then, like, it was really a lot more reading the trades off and on at the libraries than uh, than than reading um, the issues, a single issue at a time. Yeah. So yeah, my experience was mostly mostly reading the trades as they went along. Yeah, the trades are like trade. Uh, I mean, I love. I I showed you guys my shelves uh, earlier. Like, I love trades more than single issues. I'll read single issues, but like <clears throat> when I buy, I like to buy trades and like put them up i love you know um but that's how like a lot of kids get into it right like the libraries have trades they don't have single issues uh and then i mean it's just easier you just compile the whole story arcs but uh i was looking it up and like trade paperbacks for invincible there's like 25 of them there's like right uh there's a (laughs) lot so like i don't know if you get all 25 at your local library but you know uh there's a lot to invincible but, you know, uh, it started and it ended. And, uh, uh, I mean, people can go back and, like, read them, which is cool. But uh, when it comes to the animated series, the animated series was in talks for, like, a long time. Did you guys ever think that it was going to happen? I only heard about it basically when they kind of – it was really late. Like, they had announced a cast. They had, I think they put out a teaser trailer, and that's the first I ever heard of it. So I didn't know that there was a long process to – a long road on this yeah it was uh it was like one of those things where like we were talking before the show it's like the crow reboot or something like every year there was like a kernel of news about hey this is gonna happen next year um and i think it wasn't really until after kind of like the avengers movie and like civil war and stuff really started to become popular where i was like oh companies are like definitely looking for the their kind of MCU and that seems perfect for this and like someone's going to pick this up and make it um whether it be animated or not like I kind of thought it was just going to be like CW we don't see him in the suit ever <laughs> like just yeah. like walking around his hometown um but no I was uh w- once I read like that Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg kind of were were championing it I was like oh this will definitely get made yeah Speaking about Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, haven't they produced a lot of comics to to film or comics to TV adaptations? Yeah, Boys, Preacher, um, I mean, Green Hornet. <laughs> okay, yeah. It uh, was like the first one, but yeah. Uh, it, it's nice to have like somebody with power championing these stories that are really good stories, but 20 years ago would have been uh uh um 
I don't want to say lambasted, but just like not not taken seriously by Hollywood, right? Like superhero stuff has come a long way since then. Um, Andrew, what, what do you think? I just saw a, a tweet a few weeks ago saying, um, you know, there was a, a superhero boom decades ago and the Hollywood response to that was like, let's revive the shadow. Let's revive um, uh, Dick Tracy because yeah. that's the cultural touchstones for the executives at, in Hollywood. Uh, so right. 20 years down the line, you've changed the guard and these executives are, are a little younger. And then of course with Amazon, like maybe, um, maybe having hired a couple of, of long-time Hollywood people, but still a lot of people newer to, to things, like they're, they're newer and fresher and are more willing to be like, yeah, let's do superheroes. Yeah. And like something like the shadow or like whatever, like you said, like, that's a good point. That's their cultural touchstone, but they're like, they're trying to take that character and wedge it into something that it's not like, it's trying to be like, you know, like, Oh, we like Indiana Jones and we own, the shadow so let's like or you know something like that they're like trying to wedge it like a lot of those scenes like we have a script can we turn this into something else or sony with like we have a morbius <laughs> yeah people like vampires. I, what do we have? I, I i mean i was telling you guys earlier how like I didn't think that the invincible anything invincible would get made once invincible the the comic series ended at like issue one forty four, uh, like that was it, and I was like, okay, like that's it, like I don't expect this to ever see the light of day again. May you know we can hope, but then you get like, like there's there's other properties that I hope never see the light of day. I I, I didn't I never thought the Joker movie would get made. I never thought like that Joker movie would get made. I never thought the Venom movie would get made. And then suddenly a couple months later, they're like, oh yeah, we fil finished filming. And I'm like, it took you like two months to film it. Like, what is, what is, what is going on? They're actually going to make it. And I was not excited for those. Um, and I, uh, so it's like the flip experience. It's like, I guess, I guess the law of averages is there are movies that I don't want to get made. They get made and movies that I want to get made that don't get made, and then Invincible pops up, and then I'm pleasantly surprised. You know? Uh, I don't know if that's your guys' experience, <laughs> but law of averages. Eh, I, I guess just, we win some, we lose like, some. I remember being in high school and, like, walking around wearing, like, an Infinity Gauntlet shirt with, like, the original comic cover on it, uh -huh. and people would just be like, what is that? Is that is Spider-Man on there? And I was like, yeah, it's, like, it's, you know... A Marvel thing, and like people are like, "Oh, that's weird," but like now yeah. it's like you know, my my parents know what the Infinity Gauntlet is. It's yeah, like a weird, like <laughs> yeah. How how weird is it? Like superheroes have come so far. Like when I was in high school, I created a comic book club. We didn't have a comic book club. There was an anime club. Um, um, there was an anime we club, but there wasn't a comic club, club. at my school. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, we, we didn't have a comic book club. So I started one in sophomore year of high school, uh, years, years back. Um, um, and, uh, it was just me and my friends and we, we got enough signatures cause you have to like petition for signatures to get it, to be able to be a club. Those people yeah. don't have to come to the club. And so it's easy for people to sign like signatures. Great. And then it was just five <laughs> of us plus like a friend of mine's sister who I guess had a crush on me. I'm not quite sure, but like <laughs> she showed up 
And then, like, but we didn't do anything. And then, like, it was just us hanging out and talking about stuff. And then, in like, a month later, we were like, okay, we're stopping the club. Like, there's, what's the point? We're only hanging, like, we're hanging out. But if we could have do that, like, outside the club. Um, but, like, nobody came. And I feel like nowadays, a comic book club would be popping. Would it, though? Because, yeah. like, the MCU is, is, is like, central to, to pop culture. Yeah, but comics, actual like panels of comics. I don't know. Uh, I would think that way. I would I would be on your side, Andrew. Except for uh, there's a lot of people like so. I'm on TikTok, right? I'm reaching out to the to the youngsters trying to spread <laughs> geek knowledge, and uh, uh, a lot of them are like they're interested in these things. Because think about like even Riverdale. They're like like people like either love it or hate it, but if they love it, they're like, where can I get more of these kind yeah. of characters? And maybe you don't want to read Archie comics, but you can read Chilling Adventures or Chilling Chilling Adventures of Sabrina or like Afterlife yeah. with Archie yeah. or like those like darker stuff. And um, like these are like there is a younger generation that's watching these properties, Marvel, DC, whatever. And they ask me and like other TikTokers, like, where can they get comics how could they start it? And like, okay. that's kind of what comic book club would be, I think. Well, my my loose understanding of, of youth culture is that they're reading comics, but they're not reading superhero Marvel and DC comics. They're reading like the Scholastic books, these uh, slice of life comics. They're, I mean, like, I love them. Um, Amulet is actually amazing, and everyone should read it. What is it? But the the Amulet. It's a it's a young young adult uh, adventure comic. Mm. It's incredible. Uh, but as far as uh, the mainstream superhero comics go, uh, like, I mean, the top sellers uh, of books are like, I think 70% just My Hero Academia uh, manga, different volumes of it. And then yeah. a couple other manga. Uh, yeah. Actual Marvel and DC are nowhere there. Like, it's, pe- people yeah. are reading comics. They're not reading uh, the superhero comics necessarily that will. Even though, even though, like as you say, the uh, there is culture and 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 people are, are drawn to want more of it. I don't know that they're going to the comics more as much. Yeah, as much. That, uh, that's interesting. You bring up you bring up some good points. Uh, I want to hear Kyle. Did you have anything to say about that? Uh, yeah. Well, I will say that like noticing on like Comicsology and like the Marvel Unlimited app and and DC Universe Infinite or whatever. For- <laughs> word they've added to make it different um they, they add more words and take th- more things off That's well I, I just but, i just feel I, I i find it funny with dc universe and Infin- infinite they couldn't get dc universe to pop off so they had to infinitize it <laughs> and just like they couldn't get one dc like cinematic universe started so they were like it's a dc cinematic multiverse like it's the yeah. same concept just They're, okay, they, they don't they they just, they don't even cook the spaghetti before they throw it against the wall. Yeah. Um, they're yeah. just like, yeah, maybe it'll stick. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, but I've noticed on those that they will, you know, have like big sections at the top that aren't just Batman, Superman, um, you know, Spider-Man, but it's like when WandaVision was out, they were like, hey, if you want to delve more into Wanda and Vision, here's some, you know, it's the Vision comic. It's, it's a lot of newer stuff, but it's still like, oh, if people want to look at you know, oh, what's the Falcon and Winter Soldier doing? Here's this, you know, uh, Falcon Captain America storyline. Here's the Winter Soldier storyline. So it's like they're at least making the effort on their side to 
to cater to those properties for for better or for worse <laughs> you know depending yeah. on you know um but yeah i mean like in invincible is like something that like i never thought we'd have a live action doom patrol show especially the way in the way it is you know so it's like it's 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 along the lines of that in terms of yeah. like i guess there is an audience and enough people bought it and are you know they can re they can repackage the trades and resell them again and um so yeah you you have that business side of it too that makes sense uh mm -hmm. for them yeah um i i uh I feel like this this whole episode should be talking about like how do we get comics to youngsters? Like I feel like that's like my train of thought right now. We do need to talk about Invincible at the same time. Like I think uh, I I I would say that youngsters are interested in expanding their knowledge of what this pop culture is and the movies and the TV that they watch. Uh, but it's where to get it because a lot of because uh, when I tell people. Uh, I tell them the library, it's a huge place. Like they have huge comic sections, libraries now, like go to your library. I, I tell them like, go to your comics shop. But like a lot of people don't want to, uh, don't know where their comic shop is. They don't want to go. Uh, female fans have had bad experiences in comic shops. Um, and, and that is super sucky because that turns off a whole demographic just because uh, a bunch of douches are at shops. And so, uh, that's a problem as well. Um, and like, yeah, bookstores aren't as popular anymore. People aren't going to bookstores. Barnes and Noble has sections, but like Barnes and Nobles, I don't know how they're doing. Um, but I think they want to consume it. It's just availability. They aren't in grocery stores anymore. Where are you going to get your comics? You know? Um, but what's cool about Invincible, I'll segue, is that they have a start and they have an end. And for people that, that like certain properties that have a start and an end, like you could start and like, you can, you can, you can recommend Invincible. They could start on issue one. They can make their way to issue 144 and they're done. And that's their enjoyment. And that's their love. And like, I don't know. It's really it, cool that way. It, it's kind of like a, tr I know it's 144 issues, which is like, you know, 12 years of issues, but it yeah. is a truncated, it's kind of a truncated history of all comics in general like you have mm. the your kid there's a part where he his suit is a different color there's a yeah a few storylines where there's another guy who's invincible for a little bit yeah. you know there's yeah there are little pockets of like oh this is kind of the 80s this is the 90s type era this is the you know there's the whole saga where he's in space for a good amount of time like there's you know uh without with generally generalized spoilers but uh, right yeah, so right. It's, kind of like a, it's like a history and like a tour of like if you like Spider-Man and Superman, this is kind of the same. This is kind of them together or whatever. Right. Right. Um, let's, let's talk about the Invincible animated series, even with the start of episode one. Now, now at this point, it's kind of hard for me to break up what exactly was in each episode. Uh, the first three episodes came out together. Yep. Right. Yeah. Am I right? And then mm -hmm. episode four came out and then episode five came out. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm trying to make sense for myself. Episode four was he goes to Mars and episode five is yes. the Titan one, right? So yes. episodes one to three episodes. Yeah. One to three are kind of the big thing. Um, 
how did you guys feel about those those first three episodes? Let's start at the beginning. I'll, I'll I, I know that's a very broad, vague question, uh, a very open ended question. What do you guys think? But like, okay, as a whole, do you guys feel like it's a good, faithful adaptation of the comics? Yes. Yeah. I think it's I think it's a good faithful adaptation. But I think like I think the like casting is great, you know, the animation looks great, the mm-hmm. content is great. I think the execution is muddled a bit. Is what okay. I would say. Okay, interesting. Um is it muddled because of the transition from from um from comics to TV show, or was it muddled in the comics to begin with? I think it's muddled in transition between comics to TV show. I feel like mm-hmm. um, if we're starting at the beginning, and I'm not going to do spoilers, in episode one towards the end, well, first off, I feel like, especially for an animated show, the episodes are way too long. Like, I get, like, two-thirds in, I'm like, this could, you know, they they kind of go on some tangents, which is fine when you're in a monthly comic book but when you're watching a tv show i think like just basic structure of a of an episodic show it's like yeah we don't need this here you can put this here and you know I, i'd almost rather i think the whole thing's going to be eight episodes the first season i'd almost rather like 10 episodes that were like 22 minutes versus like like the first mm. one is like 45 minutes and it's just it's not as like snappy and like, like in the first issue, you get right into it. Like, I think the first couple panels is him just throwing that trash bag. And he has, right. his, he's like, I finally got my powers. In this, we're like 15 minutes before we even get to that. Like, I get right. that they're kind of setting up the world, but like the comic didn't need to do that. And maybe that's the medium. But like, at this point, I think everyone understands like, yeah, okay, superheroes. And like, you could kind of go, you could start with that and then kind of go back a little bit um so that that's like one thing that i but uh yeah okay i'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask andrew do you do you share that with with uh as far as the pacing is concerned uh i mean yeah but this is it's been what 20 plus years now we've been talking about decompressed comics or is that what the term is yeah so so yeah like uh, and and there's a joke about it in the first first few issues, right? Like the uh, the artist who saves time by by copying and pasting. <laughs> when he when he goes to the comic con or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. So what I would say, I, I agree with Kyle that that execution's a little muddled, but I think like where I disagree is I think that came from the comics because the Invincible comic was super ambitious about like well we want to be. We want to be like, you know, Spider-Man being mentored by Superman, but then we throw in like a dozen other things and, and a dozen kinds of different tones. So it's not just like the things, but the, the tonal shifts that are, are really abrupt mm-hmm. um, by design, but that's hard to pull off. And it, it, it is like jarring. Um, and actually, you know, we were talking about comics for kids, but Invincible, the show should not be watched by kids. Like it's so No. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine some some people being like some parents being like, oh yeah, watch this show. It's an animated. It's cool. I find whatever. And then their kids are watching people's heads explode and everything. It's the like, first ah! minutes were fine. The I, first thirty minutes. I think were that's. Fine. <laughs> I think that's part of the reason too that the uh, the thumbnail on the 
on Prime is like him bloody because I think like if it was the, what was behind you, uh, Dimitri, it would yeah. just be like the people would be like, oh yeah, my kids can watch this. It's superheroes. Yeah. Yeah, like my my parents were like that. Like they bought me like Watchmen when I was like eleven. They're like, yeah, it's superheroes. You can read this. And this is like they had no like I do, but I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> like they had no no idea. So like, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I think that's part of it, and I think, um, yeah, I just think, and there's like there's in the comics too. It gradually builds like the violence sort of, and this is just like right away which I think is also part of that. You don't want kids to watch five episodes and then suddenly there's like right. a huge bloody battle. And they're like, right. what is this? Um, but also as like a fan, I kind of like liked that tonal shift of like, you're reading a fir- the first few issues and it seems, the honestly, the first few issues of Invincible, it seems very standard. It seems like, you know, eh, like I've seen this before. And then there's there's like, I think it's issue six or seven, there's just like a, an event and you're like, what? And that's what, you know, keeps you watching. And I think. Yeah. And I, I mean, we're, like we're talking the, about, we're talking about the event and this is easy to say because it's in, it's so in the show, it, but it's, it's yes. guardian, it's guardians of the globe get killed. Right. How, what? That's yeah. an I- issue six of. Yep. I think. Oh, okay. yeah. I think it's six or seven, which oh. if I was, sorry, my dog's making sense. Cool. Uh, if I was, uh, like, like for me, what they do is they like they introduce that way to that's in the first episode, and you don't have time to get to know that world, you know, and those characters before it happens. So you kind of don't have the attachment to it, right? Um, and uh, in the comic, they kind of hide who does it, and in the show, it's like very blatant, which also adds to like kind of like oh. Well, we know, and the other characters don't know, but there's not really a tension of trying to figure it out. Um, right. Um, I personally think that, like, it's nice when they're, when we have adaptations that know what medium they're in. So, like, mm-hmm. like if I'm going to compare it to The Boys, and this is something that I yeah. would say when the, when the Boys was out, The Boys was a comic book that satirized and essentially shit on other comic books right and like their their tropes that they used were comic book tropes Mm -hmm. uh in the comic book now when you transfer the boys comic book into a boys tv show or a film medium um i don't want them to satirize the comic book tropes i need them to satirize the film tropes which they did in the boys right it wouldn't make Mm -hmm. sense if they're satirizing comic book tropes um and they did it. They did it with so many different things by including like the film, like the film within a film in in the yeah, boys. which is like because in the in the comic, it's like they're they're writing comics about them. So in this, it's more they're right. they're starring in the films, which is yeah, right, which is really cool. Uh, and and I think Invincible shifted in order to be a film medium, even though it's not film, yeah. it's animated, but still, like you mentioned, their their lengthened episodes. Uh, Normally, animated series don't have an A, B, and C plot, right? But, like, TV shows do. And uh, I think it's decompressed a little bit, but not too much, Mm -hmm. but, like, a little bit in order to, like, they could take this exact script and just do it live action, and it would be the same. You would just have the same. Like, this could just be storyboards for a live action thing. 
And like, uh, I think that's what they were going for. Andrew, you got any, yeah. you, you got any opinions on that? Uh, well, I was going to say, uh, I had prepared some comments in advance, but that's okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The gore is like entirely faithful to the comics. Yeah. But it's, I think it's more upsetting. I, I don't remember my reactions from a decade ago, but I think it's more upsetting because it's moving. Um, yeah. And, and, and like this, this actually made me think of something uh, uh, William Goldman, uh, who had written the adaptation for Misery, said because, uh, you know, the Stephen King novel has a horrifying sequence of violence and it's actually toned down for the movie. And he was furious. Mm -hmm. He said, like, you've ruined the movie. Like, this is the thing that made me want to write the script in the first place. Uh, how could you do this? Like, you, you cut the heart out of it. And then he saw it. He's like, you know what? If it had been done exactly like the book, it would have been too violent because like what, what you read is different from what you see. Like when, when it's visual and moving, it's more visceral and, and it would have been too much. Like if we had done it exactly like the book, like it would not have been a successful movie. It would have been like a cult hit and people would have been like, yeah, I heard about that, but isn't that where that thing happens? You know, um, so I think that's, that's kind of my, my uh, reaction to, to the, the gore in this show is like, yes, it looks just like the comics book this, but it's somehow more upsetting. And I, I actually do wish that they toned it down. Oh, I think they're going to okay. get into a, into a spiral, too, of, like, mm -hmm. it seems, at least with these first five episodes, they've tried to outgore themselves every episode, and we're going to reach a pinnacle, and then it's going to be, like, is season two not going to have as much gore? Because you can't just you can't just keep coloring red and red and red, and red <laughs> on yeah. the screen before it's just filled. So, um, because, yeah, like, almost every episode now has had, like, a pretty bloody battle, which I feel... Really? I feel, I, yeah, because at the end of the first episode, you have that one, and then yeah, uh, two and three run together to me. But then, yeah, like even yeah. on Mars, when they're on Mars, the there alien, wasn't. That's was true. There, that, uh, that was a pretty tame episode. Episode four wasn't. Oh no, there wasn't there another battle in that. It was the Martians. Then oh, there was wait. Damien Darkblood's uh, plot line. Is that the one with the the new Guardians of the Globe? fight though wasn't there one of those or no that oh was yeah three. that like that was in three. Versus Rex? Oh. that was in three yeah okay okay so then i guess yeah. not in four then uh, four, four was yeah, pretty tame yeah but it just seems like uh they're really trying to hit that note of the series mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. that i think the series kind of towards the end was like a crutch of that you know mm. just kind of kept amplifying it so, yeah yeah uh, uh i think andrew brings up a good point that like the gore is i mean it's i mean same, same with same with the boys like the 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 gore in the boys is always uh it, it's played differently than the gore in the boys uh tv show the the live action show and like it's more shocking it's more jarring uh, I don't know. I'm fine. I'm fine with it. Both both shows are good enough because I don't like gore, but like both shows are good enough for me to be like, well, I will deal with the gore and I'll be on like my back foot and like for boys <laughs> specifically. Sometimes with yeah, boys, I'm so. like, ah. uh, but with with Invincible, I'm like, I don't know. I feel sorry for these characters, though. Seeing them in live action, they're moving, they're mm -hmm. begging for their lives, and then they die. Like, uh, that's that's tough. Um, 
how do you guys feel about the changes uh, story wise uh, between the ser- the comics and um, the comics and uh, the series? Uh, well, I think they treat women way better in the series than the comics. You know, like uh, yeah. Mark's mom already has a job; like she's not later going to get her real estate license. Mm. Um, she's more involved in what's happening um, rather than just kind of being a like. I think in the in this comic, I think we only ever see her like at home for like thirty issues or something, and she's just at home. Um, so it's nice to have, um, you know, her, she's doing more. Um, same with Amber. They kind of, I think, took a little bit of uh, Eve's storyline from later on and kind of gave it to Amber with the charity thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I that's like one thing I know is that like they're written better and like more fleshed out and rather than just mm-hmm. being like, here's a person, here's an NPC for Invincible to go talk to for three panels and then. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Andrew, um, just structurally uh, moving around uh, what Omni Man does. Uh, there, there's uh, there's a bunch of structural changes, but they're not really they don't really change the overall tone or 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 or, or worsen it in any way. I don't think I don't think those structural changes made it any better or worse. They're just different. Um, yeah, uh, with the exception of like moving moving up the slaughter of the guardians of the globe, I think that that's just kind of structurally necessary, so that you don't kind of betray the audience later in in the show. This is more just like, well, this is the show, so yeah, that one had to be See, had to be done. I I would absolutely I would I would have made I would have done it like if if you like you would watch four or five episodes and then find out that like animated series Superman who you've fallen in love with like did this and then rip your heart out like that would be me as a producer because i'd be like that's what like that's what you want you want you want then to now from a a new script yes no that that's the way to do it yeah i think if you're doing that with like hundreds of invincible fans who read the comic uh, running around going like oh i can't wait till this happens then you can't do it so yeah 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 that's hard but i just i feel like that that should have been that, and I think it will be the fight will be the last mm. episode. Mm. Mm. Um, but like I would have revealed that like six episode six or seven had the fight at eight, and then because then you could see like the training stuff, you could still have it kind of a little bloody. I just think they make him kind of a dick too. Like you're supposed to like kind of like him and then be mm. be betrayed. Like, same in the same in the comics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is he more of a, yeah, is he more of a dick here than he was in the, in the, uh, in the comics? Oh, for sure. I, I think so, for sure. Because he's, like, more, like, kind of secretive and off, and in, in the, especially at the mm. beginning of the comics, he's, like, he's Superman, you know? He's, like, yeah, Kent. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, like, an arrogant, arrogant, the arrogant, uh, uh, Superman type archetype. I guess. Uh, something that was interesting to me is, um, but I, I hate to draw parallels between the boys and Invincible because when I posted about when I posted about Invincible, they were like, "Is it like the boys? Is it like Sky High?" People were trying to draw like you know 
Because there's a lot of kids right now that grew up on Sky High when they were like five versus grown up, like had Sky High come out when they were in high school. Anyway, yeah. um, they were like, they're trying to do this. Same with Jupiter's legacy. They're trying to figure out, okay, we're mm. dealing with these super, these broad superhero ideals, but like, how does the story progress? And so you got the boys, you got Invincible, you got Jupiter's legacy. Um, and so uh, uh, Cindy, the yummy geek says, or in college. Yeah. Marcus Pineapple says, Sky High, what a throwback. Uh, I see you guys out there. You guys are in the in the chat. Uh, our, user, our users are, uh, inc- or our viewers are increasing. So thank you guys so much for, for watching this. Um, um, what was I saying? With the boys comic, um, okay, Garth Ennis versus Robert Kirkman, both are interesting writers. Garth Ennis, I think, is is very edgelordy. He's very much shock value. I don't think that Garth Ennis can write female characters or any minority characters to save his life. Like, he he, he makes a mockery out of both. Um, uh, uh, to, to crazy lengths. Robert Kirkman, I think, is a good writer, but I think he has flaws when it comes to writing females and minorities. Uh, in his in his comics, especially his black male characters, all tend to be of a certain type. Robert Kirkman, um, but I think he's capable of getting better. Garth Ennis, I've given up all hope on. Um, but in this show, yeah, and, uh, you see the 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 betterment of these characters. What were you going to say, Kyle? Oh no, I was going to yeah, I was going to say the show like definitely does a better job of like they have taken Amber and they made her a black character, but not just yeah. for the sake of they were like, Oh, we need a, you know, a minority character. Like they, right. they really thought about it. They got Zazie beats. They flesh out her character a lot more than just being the girlfriend who gets stood up, you know? Um, yeah. And same with like uh, Jason uh, Mantazukas as, as Rex Splode is fantastic. Yeah. Like that, like as soon as I read that, I was like, perfect. But they, you know, made, you know, made him match Jason Mantzoukas's, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, heritage, you know? And so, yeah. like, it's it's really, uh, I think it was interesting how they did that. And, like, I think that one maybe, I think maybe they set out to, to change Amber, but maybe not Rex. And then when they were like, oh, we got Jason, let's, you know, make him look like Jason. So, like, that's... right. That's super cool. I think that's uh, good, and I and I feel bec- even though I feel that Robert Kirkman has such a hand in this that he's like, yes, let's do that. That's great. This is perfect, you know. Um, yeah. Whereas I feel like Garth Ennis just kind of signs off and is just like, do whatever. But this is how I did it because I'm like, yeah. this is how this is who I am. I think is like how he'd be like, I'm just a guy who grew up here in this time, and you're like, eh, well, <laughs> I like I comic writers like that. Uh, yeah, there, Garth Ennis, I have a, uh, I don't want to say I have a love-hate relationship with Garth Ennis, but uh, I have a mostly hate relationship with Garth Ennis, and I love some of his stuff. But sometimes, he, I like his, most, most of the time, he goes too far. 95% of like the time, his, Garth Ennis goes too far. I like his ideas, I don't like his stories. If that's <laughs> like the, like, I like the kernel, like, I like... I liked Preacher when I read it when I was like a teenager. Yeah. I don't know if I would if I went back to it now if it like would taint the image. Um, I did just recently binge through the boys because like I was done with Invincible. I was like, I'll read this. And it's just like 
it's just so like on the nose edgelordy like it's almost yeah. like a parody of itself even though it's yeah. supposed to be a parody and it's yeah. just like really i was like oh man the show really nailed this like really found yeah. the diamond in the rough here for sure yeah um uh, before I before I open it to uh, to Andrew, I, I want to hear Andrew's take. Uh, Chris Reed Brown ninety nine asks, "What else has he written?" So I'm assuming he's talking about Garth Ennis. Um, Garth Ennis wrote Punisher for the longest time. He created and wrote Preacher. Um, Garth Ennis naturally hates superheroes. Like as a writer, he hates the whole capes and tights superhero genre. So a lot of the time, he writes characters shitting on that genre in whatever way. So he wrote The Boys, he wrote Preacher, he wrote Punisher. So the Punisher walks into a room with guns, kills capes and tights, right? Like, that's just how he writes it. And um, he, he's super edgelordy. He, like, those are, there are definitely junior hires out there that, like, Garth Ennis is his favorite writer. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, yeah. like, he wrote there's a bunch of people. Mm. Uh, Hitman, I think for DC. So yeah, stuff yeah. like that, where it's kind of kind of that. Uh, if you think of the Punisher, it's like that's as superhero as he gets, sort of. Yeah, mm. everything up. Yeah, Andrew, um, you were gonna say something. Uh, I was. I think I forgot now. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. well, we were talking about the changes. The uh, the changes. Mm-hmm. Uh. uh from yeah. from the this you know the comics. Well, another one that we haven't gotten into yet is um uh the the Marcus Hapa. He's a yeah half Korean. Um, conceptually, that's really cool. When I first heard, I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. Like, I I uh, I don't know what I want. I I mean, like, I don't want it to just be like I don't know, saying like, hey, have you heard the latest K-pop or whatever? But yeah. At the same time, like there's there's almost nothing in the show for me to say like oh yeah he's uh, Korean like I I don't see it on the show I don't know like what I'm looking for but I don't see it yet. Yeah, uh, something that 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 I think I I had mentioned to you is that yeah uh, when they when they uh, casted Steve Yoon as as him first thing I love Steve Yoon uh, I think people love Steve Yoon Robert Kirkman loves Steve Yoon. Because he played Glenn on Walking Dead, uh, and he's recently in uh, what's the what's the movie that he's recently in that's supposed to be great and I haven't seen it yet. Minari. 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 Uh, and that's supposed to be good. Steve Yoon's on the up and up, and they cast him. And I thought maybe they were going for like a you know a colorblind casting where like he'll voice a white character and it's not that that big. And then they cast Sandra Oh as his mother. And J.K. Simmons as his father. And then I was like, okay, could they still be going that route? And then I saw that, yes, the design of his mother is slightly different than the design in the comics uh, to make her uh, 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 Asian American, right? And I don't know whether they even design Mark Grayson to be half. I don't know if the design is there, but that's essentially the only reason I'm seeing them as 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 a mixed family but other than that they haven't mentioned anything well they, like mm-hmm. what i'm what I getting from this is, is, is outside it's from the news when they say yeah in a like robert kirkman has explicitly said yeah in the show uh mark grayson is is uh half korean um but like i said like 
what he said outside the show hasn't been to me reflected in in any of the things that they've done like writing or or art so i'm waiting right. to see it i think we're most likely to see it with his mom right mm-hmm. uh but i mean we'll see because we're actually getting a lot more intro uh, like storyline with his mom mm-hmm. and the whole damien darkblood stuff in, in in you know by the mm-hmm. way is damien darkblood in the comics briefly he does not have as big of a a role he's like yeah. here in like a few stories but yeah like because he's like a hellboy rorschach type character yeah so they uh yeah i i he's in some the, of the comics i think i think it's like a straight up steal of rorschach investigating the guardian's murder mm-hmm. mm. yeah yeah uh I, I mean i like that i like that plot line and that gets wrapped up, but okay, you know. Uh, but I like yeah. seeing more of or of. Um, I even forget what's his mom's name. Mark's mom is Debbie. 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 Okay. Debbie. Uh, uh, you see a lot more of Debbie and Nolan's relationship in the show uh, that I didn't necessarily get in the comics, um, mm. though it explores a lot about Debbie in the comics. It's a lot of her relationship to Mark, right? And then, and then in this, they're more of her being her own thing. Am I wrong? No, yeah, uh, like, uh, she she's. I mean, because Nolan's been around more, uh, frankly, in the show than he was in the comic, uh, so there's more of a Debbie Nolan thing. And and Mark is, it is very true to life though. When you're when you're seventeen, eighteen, like you kind of think about your your personal life and your high school life more than you think about like how you relate to your parents. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's interesting. Something that Kyle brought up earlier is that in the comics, in the comics, like first couple issues are just kind of paint by numbers, superhero origin story. Um, and in this, they start off right off the bat in episode one being like, ah, oh, this isn't your normal superhero stuff. Like, you know, uh, this is going to be different, which I think is, is nice. Cause truth be told, if I had read the first couple like issues of invincible as they came out, I probably would have given up. I'd be like, eh, I'm not, I don't really care. What's the point? It's just like everything else. Yeah, I was like told that there was a crazy twist, but I wasn't told what it was. And I was yeah. still surprised versus like just the way it was set up. But I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, I feel like if I was waiting monthly for this thing, you know, I don't think I would have held on six months. Um, yeah. 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 Um, they, they, in, Episode five, they go into real bit like into depth about Titan and his storyline, right? It starts off with Titan, uh, uh, you know, he's a guy who can create like a rock exoskeleton. Um, he has a like, you know, uh, and he's taking down that one gang and he's being an enforcer for machine machine head. Um, do we see that storyline in the comics? I, I don't remember. Yes, but it's a little more in the background. You don't see all of the him and his family. It's kind of from the point of view of Invincible mm. a little bit more. Um, but no, I, that was that was the first episode I honestly really enjoyed of the entire show so far. Like every yeah. other one I was kind of like, eh. But that one like grabbed me. I was like, oh, this one's great. Like this is really cool. Yeah, yeah. And Mahershala Ali voices Titan. Yeah. And... 
uh, I, I keep like, I listen to like all these voice actors I'm listening to. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Um, are there any voice actors here that are jarring to you because we know their voices? I was a community super fan. So like Gillian Jacobs is like, I, I kind of hear and, and uh, hear it. And I immediately think Britta and I, I it, it takes me out a little to hear someone who I know is not a high schooler be a high schooler. Yeah. Britta's voice is probably the most jarring to me. Um, Kyle, do you got an opinion? Um, I, I think it'll take some time for me for Seth Rogen as Alan the alien to, to grow on me. Right. It's, that's just okay. like a little jarring because he, but, but he's not in it as much. So it's like, it's okay. I mean, I can always recognize Clancy Brown or Kevin Michael Richardson, like immediately. Yeah. Um, Who's Clancy Brown uh, voicing? Who's he voicing in this? Damien Darkblood. Oh yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, I kind of, I almost wish that Walton Goggins and Mark Hamill sw- were switch characters. What characters like, did like, each of them do? So Goggins is Cecil, the the okay. CIA guy. Yeah. Um, and Mark Hamill's Art Rosenbaum, the tailor. But like, mm. I don't mm. know. Like so to me, like if like a Mark Hamill as the Cecil is better. Like Walton Goggins just doesn't sound like like the character looks, I guess. Yeah, I, I I feel like, yeah, Cecil's voice doesn't match Cecil's face or what I imagined Cecil to sound like. And when I saw he was cast, I thought they might make Cecil younger looking, like not look like he looked in the Young, young hot look, Cecil? Him, CW yeah, maybe, Cecil? Maybe, maybe make him look <laughs> a little bit more like a, a Walton Goggins or something, just to... Yeah. Yeah. Cecil just gets out of the shower, uh, his his muscles uh, flexing, and uh, yeah, okay, no, uh, that's a whole different fan. That's fan fiction right there. Feel free, anyone out there. There's 55 viewers on volume right now. Uh, if anyone is in love with that young Cecil fan fiction, uh, feel free to take that and run with it. I, well, I'm not gonna write it, but if you guys want to write young hot Cecil, <laughs> go ahead. Um, uh, if they write it, we'll read it. We'll come back and read it on a... <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. If you guys write it, we, we'll come back and we'll we'll read it on air. We'll do a, a, a reading Live of read. the fan fiction. Uh, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, make sure you tag us in that. Um, uh, oh, man. It has that to be actually, called Young Hot Cecil. Are you, are Young you, Hot uh, Cecil. Are you good jarred as I am sometimes hearing J.K. Simmons and thinking, like, oh, that's just J.K. Simmons? Or are you just down with it? I think I'm down with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with it. Like, as long as he doesn't say Spider-Man or, like, ask about drum lessons, I'm, like, pretty much... Right. I can, like, uh, put him out of my head. Uh, right. I am yeah, getting a little, with, like, you know, quote-unquote, like, from the movie Whiplash. I'm, I'm hearing a bit of that and, and, and like, yeah. feeling it, so... Yeah. Uh, I think I'm fine with it. Again, the biggest one is 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 Eve with Gil, uh, Gillian Jacobs' voice. Uh, I don't... Yeah, nothing much stands out. I'm trying to think of, like, Jason Mantzoukas, his his voice, obviously, like, is his voice. But his voice yeah. is so cartoony anyway. Mm. Like, it doesn't... That doesn't, like, it, matter as much to me. And it fits that character. I think they, like... Oh, he's such well a with dick. The, with, the t- with the tone of that character. Because, like, yeah. even though he is a dick, 
he's he's a dick because he's childish so i don't like i don't actively hate that character you know what i mean he's just like you get like oh this guy's like immature and he's like everyone knows a guy like that so it's sort of like uh you know yeah uh i like his character i like that they're they're not pulling punches with this show like it could have mm-hmm. easily been dumbed down. They could have reduced the sex, reduced the violence, uh, 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 just kind of made it a paint by numbers thing, but they didn't. Uh, with props yeah. to Amazon and props to the the producers for for going that extra mile. And I think it helps that they've done. You know, the the it's the same team that has done. You know, collectively, Walking Dead, Boys, Preacher, like these these other shows that have been successful. And had several, you know, seasons, including Walking Dead, you know, tons of seasons. Right. But like they've they kind of know this material and this this genre of material and they can just kind of go for it and um you know let them let them run with <laughs> with not pulling punches on things. Yeah. I, I I think as we look back on these last 20 years of comic book developments, we can see the little things that built up the timeline, right? And like has built this like empire of of comics to to film adaptations and moving geek pop culture forward. Like the Keeg wouldn't wouldn't even be a thing and we're small potatoes, but like we wouldn't be a thing if like comics weren't like uh, big enough. It would just be me sitting in my room talking to a friend maybe and like talking <laughs> comics and like nobody would tune in. But like the fact that like there's this pipeline now and like there's these these things that we grew up with that are being made into things like all because like i mean i I would like to say because blade became a movie you know but obviously there's history before blade became a movie blade became a movie in 99 i think Mm -hmm. uh and and it got to and and it was it was taken seriously and then Blade became a movie because, uh, you know, Blade became a movie and then X-Men became a movie with, and then Spider-Man became a movie, but then Daredevil became a movie. And then, you know, Fantastic <laughs> Four. And so like, there's this like weird development and then like Smallville happened and Heroes happened. And like both of them were too shy. They were shy of being a superhero show. But then like, yeah. like then we like, lead, like leading us to like the CW verse where like now flashes in costume and we have like marvel and like avengers endgame <laughs> like we got disney plus yeah. shows and like groot is a household name <laughs> yeah. where it's, are we it's man really strange it's so strange it's uh like it's like it's cool to be a nerd now like when i was in high school people were like what why are you wearing a spider-man shirt and now it'd be like oh cool spider-man shirt you know like yeah it's a uh, it's really really weird uh right let me ask you something. Um, yeah. Some of the stuff that the Invincible comic was doing, uh, you know, 18 years ago, do you think that's kind of has to be changed because of how pop culture has changed? Because as you say, when that, that comic came out back then, the Hollywood didn't want to show superheroes in costume. Uh, yeah. Back then, everyone was like, yeah, Secret Identity, that's a thing. And and secret days is not really a thing as much these days. Does Invincible need to be updated for some of these ways just because the culture has moved? I mean, I think it eventually will, mm. like, be updated. But I don't know. Kyle, I'm getting, you itchy. 
I, I'm getting itchy watching it, him like hide from Amber. This stuff. Is. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's such a trope that we know mm. that they've they're kind of playing on that trope, mm, mm-hmm. um, and I think they'll they'll maybe like reverse it a little bit where. Amber will just figure out who he is because, like, I think there's even a thing in the comics where someone figures out who he is because they're like, "You're just wearing goggles and like a yellow <laughs> suit. Like, you're like you're not really hiding." Um, so I think there will be, you know, a flip or, or something like that on, on on those tropes and expectations. But I think, yeah, I think that's just something that like we inherently have programmed into us now that like. Mm. Um, that like they'll just kind of play on that versus you know yeah. it being played straight. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna get old. I think like they know kind of what they're doing. Um it's funny, you you were talking about like, yeah, how things have progressed in the last 20 years. And like even the scenes at Comic-Con in the comics, like in the comics, they're it's kind of bare, right? Like there's <laughs> it's not nuts to butts like real mm-hmm. Comic-Con is now. Like Comic-Con right now is nuts to butts. Uh, but like, if they show Comic-Con in the show, they're not going to have it just be this like, like barren wasteland of, yeah, yeah, which, which also they do on like these procedural shows. Like if you ever watch like a CSI Miami or whatever, they'll always have like an episode where they take place at a Comic-Con where like, it's not nuts to butts. And like, that's old Comic-Con. That's like before the boom. Nowadays, if you show Comic-Con, it has to be like. Yeah. Well, and you yeah. couldn't afford that on a live action show. Like, I mean, that many. Yeah. I, I yeah. think I think this is where uh, they have that Flax and Water was uh, so great to do an animation. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. If, yeah. if you couldn't, you couldn't have that. If, if you did it in, if you did it in on a show's budget live action, it would either not be as epic or it would look shitty. Like it's there's no. There's yeah. no middle ground there, you know. Yeah. It's uh, it, it'd be like making that like uh that end Infinity War or end <laughs> End Game battle like on a, on CW. You'd be like, oh, this looks. Terrible. I mean, CW has done that though. Like, there's there's yeah, the big terrible. crossover events that like they don't look as good. But if you're like the the kid in me that grew up with like Smallville. I see the CW shows as like, this is amazing. These TV characters are getting together. Like, I will accept it. But the kids nowadays that are growing up on Endgame, they're like... it's It'll be it'll be interesting because a lot of the people who are making things now, especially like in- Invincible and whatnot, grew up with like Dolph Lundgren Punisher and like a Shaquille O'Neal Steel movie and like yeah. things like that. And it's like, they know what not to do because of those and what to do and like yeah you know they're you know batman 89 is iconic but it's dumb that he runs up the stairs when he has a grappling hook like it's just like they're like little things like that that people are like yeah that's stupid like um so it'd be interesting to see how it progresses with people that have grown up with what we have now um and how things will like change and, and maybe they'll be Maybe they'll be superheroed out, you know, like it, yeah, it's a it's I just, it is what it is. I don't think anyone's gonna get superheroed out, mostly because if you think about like the comic medium, um, if you think about the comic medium, like at a certain point, comics strayed from being capes and tights, and it was like mm-hmm. we got capes and tights, we also got supernatural stuff, we also got like we're bringing back mm-hmm. teen romance, we're bringing it back, like it used to be a thing, 
And like now we're bringing it back. We're, you know, uh, there's all these things that like we're going to see superhero stuff, but in in different situations in the future. Yeah. Like even Marvel itself is choosing to expand itself and create these like WandaVision as a genre. It was crazy. Like if you think about WandaVision as like that's a that's like they know they're going to do well. And they're just doing it. And it brought in yeah. a whole new group of fans, um, uh, especially female fans into the Marvel, uh, uh, you know, cinematic universe. And so like Marvel learns from its mistakes. It sees the future and it moves. And DC, you know, uh, yeah, you know, and this is a fan. I'm a fan of DC and I, I don't know. Well, I think that's I the problem. I think if you're a, like a, you fall into two camps. You're either like a fan and you want them to do well, or you've just like, you can't, you've just gone so hard on this is going to be great for four years. And then it's not. And you still have to just say it's great. Like it's, yeah, it's, you uh, have to you double know, down. I, ex- I expect to them to be, I expect them to like be wearing red hats that say make justice league great again. Like it's pretty much the same. I was about to say, I, I was, I was about <laughs> to say that, but I'm glad you said it before me. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, who does that remind you of where it's like you've been wrong for so long and you have to double down? You're like, uh, the next Justice League will be will be even better. Justice League Snyder Cut was better than Endgame. Uh, we were right. And so I get it. I get it. We got 75 viewers uh, uh, viewing us on volume.com. Hopefully they all share our opinions. Um, um, we are going to transition into talking about the comics. We're going to transition into talking about, uh, wh- you know, spoilers about the comics. Um, uh, uh, we're we're going to transition into, uh, uh, you know, spoilers about the comics, where the, where the series will go, all the little bits and pieces. So if you guys uh, have just watched the TV show and you don't want to know where it could go, because, again, the comics is where it could go. We don't know. They could totally divert. Like, if we're talking, like, Walking Dead, Robert Kirkman, um, uh, okay, Vicky says, Ack, cannot do spoilers. Love you guys. Bye. Um, uh, Cindy, the yummy geek, says it took four hours to rush the character development that they kept missing. Oh, yeah, Cindy. Uh, we're, uh, uh, yes. Okay, Cindy the Yummy Geek said disagree, and I wasn't sure where she said disagree yeah. to, and it's and I was like, I don't know, Cindy. I was like, well, what do we disagree about? But she, yeah, no, I'm not saying that Snyder Cut was better than Endgame. I'm saying no. it's not better than Endgame. <laughs> Cindy is saying it took four hours to rush the character development that they kept missing, and then Avengers was years building in the making. Yes, I agree there. <laughs> I don't think anyone's <laughs> here is disagree with that. If Justice League came out in 2004, it would be the best movie of the aughts. But yeah. it, it's a 2004 movie that came out <laughs> after all the MCU stuff. So it's just like, it's just garbage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same with Venom. Same. This is something that I said about Venom. Uh, is like Venom would have been great when it went, if it came out like 2004, 2006. <laughs> but now I expect better. Right? Yeah. Oh, you don't like a you don't like an an Eminem personalized song for the end credits? <laughs> Venom with ballpoint penum. I I brilliant. I, it's brilliant I, to me. <laughs> I don't know, just 
just like, I mean, Aquaman is the same way. I was okay with Aquaman. Uh, but uh, that, that like, final song in the end credits, or, like, Pitbull doing a cover of Africa. Uh, why? That's so, that's so zero. Like, that's the odds, right? Why are we doing this? Why are we having, like, Ch- you know, Hero... Uh, was it Chad oh. Kroger singing Hero in <laughs> Spider-Man 2? Yeah. Like, that's superheroes uh, back then. Why? Although I will say, in, Su- in Suicide Squad, I did miss the personalized Will Smith rap. <laughs> did you, you miss know, that? That, that would have been... That Woo! Been we're a Suicide Squad! Woo! Yeah, I mean, you can just... You can hear it. You know exactly what it's going to yeah. be. Yeah. He runs down yeah. everyone in Suicide Squad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what because he he always like samples and covers songs. So like, yeah, I feel like Will Smith would sample Mambo Number no. Five, but like, but each lady's name is a member of the Suicide Squad, and then he would do his own like like a little bit of death it. shot. Dead shot is all you need. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that would be a Will Smith song. Um, let's talk about the comics. We've got 89 viewers here on volume.com, uh, here to listen to us, uh, uh, talk about the invincible comics. Now these are potential spoilers to the animated series, but we don't know the walking dead veered off, killed Andrea, did all that stuff that they didn't do in, in the comics. So who's to say what will happen, what won't happen, um, uh, if you guys are watching us and you guys have not created an account on volume.com, um, uh, create an account. It is free and you can chat in the comments and, and you can chat with us and let us know your personal takes on the matter. We're also streaming to other platforms, but volume.com is our main squeeze. So we'd like to uh, you know bring people over to there. But wherever you guys are following us, like, follow, subscribe, do all that sort of thing. And uh, uh, yeah, we're going to continue. Uh, the comics ran 144 issues. We, this is just a, a, a tip of the iceberg that we've seen in the first five episodes. Not even a tip of the iceberg. Uh, the Titanic has not even spotted this iceberg yet. Like, uh, there's so much to go over. Um, um, where, where do you guys feel like, where, where do you guys feel like it's gonna, uh, develop to? Or even better yet, do you think that there are any plot lines we're never gonna see in this animated series? I, I think that Angstrom Le- Levy or whatever is going to kind of be like a, almost like the like Thanos sort of like over multiple mm. seasons. I think we're going to see him maybe at the end of season two, beginning of season three, and then not again for like two seasons or something. You know, I think I think that's kind of a good like under plot line mm-hmm. or they might do it kind of like um kind of like how they're doing the robot story right now, where it's just kind of like snippets here and there. Um, yeah. I could see the DA Sinclair one a little bit like that, but I feel like that's not going to be an epic storyline. I feel like that's going right. to be one or two episodes and then kind of here and there he'll pop up. But um, yeah, so like that, that would be yeah. my take for those two characters for sure. And and when we're, when we're talking about spoilers for, for the, for the comics, um, if we can also like describe these characters, because these are characters we yeah. have not seen. So like Angstrom Levy, he like traverses the multiverse. He's like deformed because of Invincible, and he traverses the he, multiverse. Yeah, he has some sort of power, or one of his versions has a power that can bring himself 
from any multiverse into another multiverse. And so he kind of has, he's a little bit like a Kang the Conqueror where he kind of has like a, an army of himself that he can then use. Um, and he uses the Mahler twins who are, who are in the series now to kind of right. help combine all of his knowledge from all of his other selves. But when like Invincible comes in, stops, stops the process midway and it like he basically just has like a big brain from like the top of his skull to his back and then he kind of ducks out and then in the comics he he sends uh invincible to the marvel universe for an issue where he yeah. fights alongside spider-man um but then yeah he said he sends him like kind of multiverse hopping which would actually be cool for an entire season if mark's just like quantum leaping into different multiverses uh, but I think we need to get to know everyone a little bit more yeah. before we delve into that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's a that's a cool storyline. I I would be upset if they didn't utilize that. Right. Andrew. So all the Viltrumite stuff, I think it's it's core to what's already been on the show, and I think it's it's I mean it's core to the comic. So I think I think they're definitely going to bring Thrag in the uh, the Emperor of Viltrum. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, my guess is just so far, based on that and, and based on what it was like in the comics, I would say that I would assume that they would probably just play the whole thing straight as it was in the comic. Yeah. So. Um, for spoilers for anyone out there, and again, I mean, I could I could keep saying spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Everybody hopefully knows that right now we're doing spoilers for the comics that may or may not happen in the series. But uh, basically, we find out very soon enough that that. The goal of the Viltrumites is to send a Viltrumite uh, to every planet to conquer that planet for the Viltrum Empire, right? And so Nolan is the emissary to Earth, and that's why he kills the Guardians. And uh, in a horrible way, his goal is to get rid of any any uh, possible contenders, right? And um, what we find out, weirdly enough, is that like Viltrumites can, can breed with any race, Right, they could. I don't think there's any limitations to it. They they breed with like these mantis. I think they're Thraxans, mm -hmm. right? They can breed yeah. with these mantis aliens, and they give birth to a, a mantis baby that then slowly becomes a Viltrumite as like things go on. You know. Yeah, they I can think, do that uh, to create we'll armies. See, I think we'll see Oliver end of season two. Probably, I feel like that's. Like, I, when I was reading the comics, I was kind of trying to think of, like, when would the breaks be for the seasons? And that yeah. seemed like a, that seemed like kind of like the natural mm. end of that, where it's like, that whole season is, you know, um, Invincible's now kind of the main, the main savior of Earth, now that, uh, now that Omni-Man's not around, and kind of just trying to deal with that, and then, you know obviously finding out that Omni-Man has left the planet and, and started another family and started conquering another planet. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. I don't... I think they'll truncate some of the back and forth with the Viltrumites because there's a lot of, like, yeah. oh, let's go here and check on Mark. Okay, see ya. And then you don't see them for... Like, there's just, like, a lot of, like, starting and stopping. I think they'll really condense that. Um because, like, I feel like that's, like, kind of the, the series end is that Viltrumite war that they mm. build up to. Right. Um, do you, how many seasons do you guys see this getting? 
if if season one is eight episodes and however long it took to produce, like how long do you see this going? I my guess would be four to five seasons is probably what they're shooting for. Um, I think they've already been signed for season two, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. It might have been a two season order to begin with, um, mm-hmm. but that would be my guess. I couldn't, I can't see it being like Walking Dead length ten seasons. Um, or yeah, seven seasons. Uh, I'm trying. I don't to... know many, <laughs> many uh, animated series that aren't like a, a Simpsons or a <laughs> Family Guy or South Park that goes that long. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to um, look up. I, as of April second, Invincible is not renewed for a season two yet, so we oh, don't okay. know. As of April second, so maybe one season. <laughs> uh, no, I think they. I think, I think it'll get a season two, maybe season three as well. Yeah, um, and then, yeah, I think they. It, it's it's hard to say. It'll be. Uh, yeah, I would bet I would bet money on four or five. Yeah. Be where I, I think after a certain I think after a certain couple plot points in, in in the series, then they could literally be like, oh yeah, the final season is the final season. And they can just do the yeah. final season. But I don't think like if they get through season one here, I don't think they can have like the full out war in season two if they just do no. two seasons. But and I think if they go past go. season three, they could do it like a season four to end mm-hmm. it. I'm not, you know. Yeah, I almost wonder too if it'll be like, uh, you know, every season they renew for two seasons and they they're ten episode orders instead of eight, and then you know maybe the final season's only four episodes, but they're each you know an hour and a half long or something, you know, something. Yeah, the, it, it is beneficial to have it on a streaming service for that purpose because they're like yeah, yeah they can be whatever length and it's it doesn't really matter don't yeah. worry about Andrews. Uh, you, you got I mean, like, the the math isn't obviously linear but i think episode five got us to about issue 18 or so um so yeah like just just based on that kind of, of like well this many issues makes a, an episode like we'll probably um we'll probably get to around four or five seasons i mean um, it got us to episode or issue 18 except for the whole omni-man Right. Yeah. 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 Like right. they're moving stuff around. Yeah. Let me ask you. Um, in in the start of episode four, the Egyptian Kahor thing. Like, is that in the comics? I don't remember it at all. <laughs> that part. They, they, it seemed like a bait and switch kind of funny joke, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember it being in the comics. Kyle, do you do you remember? I do. I do not. I was trying to think of that when I saw it, and I can't remember. Uh, I, I think I it was just a bed. bait and switch, right? It was like, oh, think, oh no, oh. this big bad is coming, and then they shut it, and they're like, whatever. Oh, I see. Well, yeah, but the, well, then that's just like, yeah, no, it's, it's as a joke, it's not good. Is it? Is it there? <laughs> there is like a reoccurring thing. Yeah, I do find some of the comedy falls flat, but uh, like, like the opening scene of the first episode is like two guys outside of the White House just talking for a long oh, yeah. time and then they do that again and see in episode two and i was like is is every episode going to open with these two guys because like well, yeah. if that's you a... commit to that bit 
it's funny, but like I was like annoyed and I was like, oh, get to the like get we're, that. We're talking about like, the guy talking about long. his stepson, right? Yep, yeah. Yep. And I was like, I don't know who these people are, like what this yeah. is. Like it's John Ham. It, <laughs> it is. It's, it's strange. It's, it's John like, Ham. Well, we got John yeah. Ham, we have to keep it in. Like that's what it felt <laughs> right. like to me. Like, um I think it's John Ham and like Sean Patrick Flannery or whatever. Oh, like the okay. other guy from uh, Boondock Saints. Um, yeah. But yeah, the uh, I, I I think there is like there is like a Galactus type guy that comes like two or three times in the in the comics, but he's like he's treated as a joke. Like they always like end up like beating him immediately, or I think he. Uh, arrives at one point but the Viltrumites are already there and they like just beat the shit out of him and like he just goes back into a portal like he's like a Galactus Thanos uh dark side hybrid yeah. so like maybe that's kind of what they're setting up uh I, I love those I love those jokes like, though I, I like that a lot too but like I thought they were kind of setting up uh like a almost like a Moon Knight character maybe potentially um. like I, I just think it's a it's it's just a funny one-off joke. That's okay. the way yeah. I saw it. Because okay. Invincible didn't even mean to he they didn't even know. Like Omni-Man and Invincible didn't even know, but they like accidentally created that that sandstorm and that sandstorm yeah. blocked it off and they're like, "Well, that's it." <laughs> you know? I thought it was okay. funny. That that's okay, me okay. personally. Okay. So uh, that's where I thought like maybe they were, they were setting up stuff that that could in fact they build beyond the comics. Right. I mean, they, they, they did a thing in, that was episode four when he goes to Mars and he creates that sandstorm. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then we realized that one of the astronauts came back. That's an actually one of the, actually the astronaut that came back is a Martian because he's a shapeshifter. And then right. they, they left the astronaut behind that had a sequid that then would have killed yeah. all the Martians. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, and we find out that that Martian that came back is a good guy. So yeah, that's a good thing. Um, yeah. What are, what are, what are some storylines that you guys want to see that came, that are in the comics that you want to see play out in the series, whether it's in this season, whether it's in later seasons. Um, yeah, I, I think because I brought up the Angstrom Levy for sure. Like, I just think that's cool and like a good way to kind of introduce because there's a part where he goes to like, he sees a bunch of different marks from different universes who are like, you know, one joined Nolan, one is like, you know, took over the earth himself. They're like all yeah. these kind of different versions. Um, e- evil, cool evil invincibles, sort. essentially. Exactly. Right? And like, uh, just like, with the with how popular and successful Into the Spider Verse was, I feel like they'd be remiss to kind of miss that opportunity to riff on that a little bit, and even yeah, at, you know, make like there's a there's a female version of Mark, there's a you know a pig version, or like what maybe they don't yeah. go that crazy, but just like just like something to kind of uh, pay homage to that would be interesting. Um, so that that would probably be my like top one I want to see um, for sure. Did you guys did you guys notice um Seance Dog instead yes. of Science Dog? Yes. Yeah. I did think you guys I look the that answer up? to that. I look, yeah, I, I looked up why. But what what do you think, Kyle? Uh, my my thing, I read that like because like there are other image characters that are in it, like Tech Jacket and 
astounding dragon and astounding wolfman man wolf or yeah man, wolfman man yeah, something like something that, like that. astonishing they, wolfman whatever yeah they made and then they made a science dog comic a few issues so i wonder they basically said those characters aren't in the licensing deal so i'm om- i'm thinking that's why they changed it to seance dog yeah huh. yeah that's what i read is that like like otherwise robert kirkman would be signing science dog rights into invincible rights and having it as a separate thing leads to more like potential later so get ready for a sony science dog movie (laughs) (laughs) uh i mean it's it's i mean it's a cool actually little spin on science to seance i I just like i was like okay cool it like when it hits the ear you don't really notice it unless you're really paying attention yeah which is yeah um I do. You, do you guys? Uh, well, Andrew, uh, what are what are like some storylines that that like you want to see play out in in the series? There's two things: is is seeing Mark grow up. Uh, he he he, like they they do allow some real time happening, and so he he gets older. He has you know a mature adult relationship. Uh, he has a kid. Um, he kind of just the way that you know real people's relationship with their parents changes from 18 to 25 like all that stuff happens to him um and then like his kind of frenemy relationship with robot is is like really interesting because robot's not entirely evil um but it is horrifying what he does yeah so he does really bad things robot becoming an an an, an antagonist uh, was one of the craziest twists for me personally. Uh, seeing the Viltrumite stuff, okay, whatever, but Robot being an antagonist was big because I thought he was getting better because of his relationship with Monster Girl, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and one can just assume that, like, once you get happiness, once you find love, that, like, you don't become a villain, but that's not the case with Robot. And the thing is, like, like for all the the, the the great thing about the Invincible comic is how often Mark does uh, employ a you know nonviolent approach, but you can't you can't talk Robot out of it. Like he's not as smart as Robot. Like for all that he has a different kind of morals. Like he can't convince uh, Robot by by sheer force of morals to to yeah. change out of it. And at the same time, he can't really outpunch Robot either. Like this, it, it's a really interesting conflict. Yeah, um, bro. Uh, yeah, uh, Kyle, you there? Yeah, yeah. The robot, yeah. Um, the robot storyline is super crazy, and and I'll agree. Like that was one thing that like really got me. Like I didn't see that twist coming, and I would love to see an episode that is just Robot and Monster Girl on that Flaxian in that Flaxian world for, yeah. you know, what is centuries, basically. And, uh, and like, that's just a really good way to show his, you know, like, multiple arcs of of both of them, but especially Robot kind of turning, like, be- becoming basically what was, like, like a Data or Spock-type character into, like, an Ozymandias-type character of, yeah. like, you kind of even Mark like understands what he's doing, but he's like, that's not the right way to do it. But I like understand why you're doing all this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Um, also, the twist, the, the cool twist that happens there is that Monster Girl, as a went in her monster form, is biologically male. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, as opposed to like how She Hulk is drawn nowadays, where like right. She Hulk drawn nowadays is still uh, biologically female, but like Monster Girl's monster form is biologically male, right? Um, and has a baby with a female flaxen mm-hmm. who then like comes and like is uh, like their uh, champion like that yeah. comes to like one like get revenge on them but also like to like kill his father mother sort of uh, yeah. of character yeah uh i think that like by the way that beer looks really good right now Kyle, I'm not gonna oh, lie. Oh, thanks. It is a it is a Brooklyn Defender IPA. It has like comic booky looking. Oh, very on so brand like, for this episode. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. There, there's that storyline. I mean, they could cut that out and it wouldn't affect much. I mean, but, not yeah, the like antagonist, think- not robot being antagonist, but the whole like baby child like mm-hmm. like child out of whatever uh of contributes to the to the the distance between them like where they they come into this kind of committed relationship and then it it, it helps show how far how far apart they grew and and how how deep the split was yeah i, I, I mean yeah, I, I think, think it's, it's, it's like instrumental a, in the comics definitely it's also just like a really different that that's that to me is like kind of where we start to see it not being like a parody and an homage to other comics and kind of starting to really be its own thing yeah. um just like with some like new ideas and not just like riffing on the on the tropes which i i think is important especially for a show like this when you have like we've been saying we've been comparing it to the boys you want to stand out from things that are similar you know you're going to have the boys yeah. you're going to have Jupiter's legacy you know, it's standing out because it's animated, but you also want it to stand out because it's content-wise is is completely yeah. different. Do you guys think we'll ever get a proper Wanted adaptation? Because keep in mind that Wanted was made into a movie back when we were afraid to do superhero movies too, and like also these 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 deconstruction of superhero tropes only work when you have a library of superhero stuff beforehand like you have this whole build-up and then you can deconstruct it like the watchman movie came out too early in my opinion like you didn't have a superhero build-up to the watchman movie uh so what's to deconstruct you, you had like a very a very little like it's basically like you had batman begins and yeah. like the, the um, yeah i think, I think the movie. bigger problem with watchman is he had a director who was not interested in deconstruction yeah, I mean that part is true too. Yeah, <laughs> and I will, I will, I will be as much as I dislike like sucker punch on. I do enjoy. Um, I did enjoy the Watchmen movie for what it was at the time it was at, um, but at the same time, it's like it's it's nothing like reading the comic, and it's nothing like the this like the HBO series is fantastic. Like and the. I don't know. It's 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 sort of now become. It was supposed to be a parody of this stuff, like Charlton characters, and now it's like yeah. its own universe, which is strange. Um, but I do like. I am a sucker. I do read all the stuff. I delve yeah. into it because it's just like 
don't know. I like those characters, but I don't know yeah. if I need more. I think because it left me wanting more. But you, uh, when you're, but yeah, they, no, please finish. Sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say that like I did really enjoy the HBO series and like how it built on what we had. Oh, yeah. definitely. What were you saying, Andrew? When you when you say uh, a, a proper Watchmen adaptation, are you talking about? Uh, how, not Watchmen. Uh, wanted. Oh, wanted. When wanted, you say a proper yeah. wanted adaptation, are you talking about how like um, his his mentor guy is basically Lex Luthor? Um, and and like they had killed Superman and all that stuff, like the, the yeah. real illusions to yeah. the DCU. Because, like, uh, uh, the, the, the super villain, really, the super villain yeah. stuff, not the assassins. They okay, they yes. mapped super villains to assassins in the movie, well, yeah, because yeah. they didn't want to do superpowers. But, right, like, right. there's a lot of superhero stuff in the comics, I think, right? I think it's like the boys, where it's like the kernel of it is great, where you have a world where there was a superhero war. The villains won, and it's been 10 years later, and there's it just kind of become what our world is now or what we think of it to a degree. Cause it's just like, oh yeah, they just went and made money and did all this stuff. Cause what else is there to do? And I think that's like interesting. I don't know if I love the like the characters and the character design. Like I think I would really retool all of that and maybe map it more to Marvel than DC at this point, just because of popularity's yeah. sake. Um but I do think there's something there. I, I think the thing that Wanted was always missing for me is there's not a, like, when they said, like, they killed all the superheroes, I was like, oh, so there's one that's probably not dead that's going to come back, and they, like, never really, like, to yeah. me, that would be, like, that's a good storyline if you're doing it into a series, um, you know, to kind of explore, like, there was this one guy, and, like, Maybe he lost his powers, but he just like has been plotting to get them back and it's taken this long to 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 come back or whatever. But yeah, I I mean Miller has basically signed all of his stuff to Netflix. So I and we're what? We're past 10 years of when Wanted came out, I think. Um, yeah. I think it came out in 2010. So I feel like part of that deal is wanted, part of that deal is nemesis superior you know i feel like all of those things are kind of gonna pop up in some way shape or form on netflix especially if jupiter's legacy does as well as as they hope it will yeah with, so wanted wanted, wanted wanted came out 2008 just so we know but okay. with with the um the thing is what i think about wanted is uh, maybe the the premise of the the superhero war being lost is cool the story of a loser who's a secret asshole who just didn't have the power to be an asshole is not that compelling to me and i don't like it yeah yeah so, I, i'm that, agreeing that's with why you. i think like the boys is a very good example of this we're like the boys comic of like there's a there's a team that's paid by the government to keep the superheroes in line and that's like where the similarities begin and end for the the show like it's a it's a good kernel and then the execution of the comics is just like off the rails poor but i think if you have a team that knows that and knows what they want to do with it and can run with it it's they could make it pretty killer yeah uh i don't want to play moral compass like i i'm not i'm not like i don't want to be that guy who's like i want things to be moral or whatever but i do think that wanted was miller's big moral miss his bis big bit is big thematic uh let down to me because the the the, the theme of wanted is like 
like just be an asshole and kill <laughs> to get your way to get your way on top. And there's no like comeuppance. Like the main character is just like he never gets his like he does the worst things you could possibly do in life and he gets away with it and that's fine. Like that's what because the, Miller like, set up an even about. worse villain to for him. So like there's an even worse guy and so like this guy is kind of the anti-hero by default. Right. But in the like yeah, but he's and he's horrible though. He does the worst things imaginable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Uh, I mean like when hey, you like, talk about moral in some comics though, uh, have you guys read the um the Fury Max series? Like, uh, I have not read it. It it's it's from one of the lines where where Marvel was like, uh, you know, let's do R rated uh, comics. <laughs> yeah. This is the Nick Fury. Um, uh, I want to say it might have started in World War II. I'm not sure, but but those parts I remember are like Korean War, Vietnam War. There's no superhero stuff in it. It's just this military slash spy guy doing stuff in the real world wars, and these things that he's doing as a as a soldier in wars are terrible. Are, are terrible and. Ultimately, the thesis of it is like he likes war uh, and he is happy to be in war and and it, he's a bad guy. But there's there's something I, I I don't know why there's something in it that that makes it not as nihilistic as uh, because he's bad, but the comic is saying something still matters. I think and and wanted I, I think says nothing matters and that that's a different yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I think that theme doesn't follow Miller's other works. Like in Miller's other works, uh, kind of are more. I don't know. They have a point to them. They're not as nihilistic, mm-hmm. except for Nemesis. Yeah, I'm trying to think yeah. of like the ultimate point of Nemesis. It's just it's the ultimate like, point of Nemesis is like Nemesis is bad though, right? I like mean, Nemesis yeah, is, is bad and needs to be taken off the board, and it's yeah, it is a pick- good versus evil. Right. Yeah, but it's a good versus evil where you're rooting for the evil person because you're from that point of view. You know what I mean? Like to to a degree. Like it's like a ah. he's like a Tyler Durden. He's like the that like white male fantasy that people want to like be sort of thing. I I think yeah. and it was it kind of came out. I don't know if it came out too late or like you know it's just a weird. I mean, it came out in 2010, I think, and yeah. it's just like. At the time, I like enjoyed it, but I I feel like I need I feel like if it was a movie or a show, I would need something more to like the character versus yeah. or like have it be from the other side, yeah. where like it's like the police hunting a crazy Batman sort of thing. I mean, yeah. like the original pitch was what if Batman was the Joker? So I feel like, but yeah, I feel like it is super nihilistic, as Andrew said. Like it's yeah, you know, I. I have an interesting thought about that, but props to the boys for taking the boys did everything right with their adaptation. Uh, uh, talk about, talk about somebody that took like, again, I don't have, I, I don't respect the boys comic book series. I keep trying to read it. I get so many issues in and I have to stop because I lose my appetite. Like I, in many different ways, um, it's, but I, it's gratuitous. Like it, hmm. like everything super gratuitous in terms of like, the violence, the the way that women are treated, the way that minorities are treated, the way that they talk about, um, you know, certain like groups, like especially like like you know, people who are disabled, like all the all these yeah. terms that we 
don't use now. And like, I kind of looked up when it came out and I was like, we really stopped using these terms then. Well, so it's just, it's just really like, it's hard to root for that core team. And Billy Butcher is so like unlikable as a character to where like Carl Urban is like very likable and you understand his drive and reasoning behind everything he does, even though he might not make all the right decisions. So yeah, like, like you said, yeah, props to him for props to the team for like finding this like small sliver and being like, let's expand on this thing. Right. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, uh, bringing it, sorry, bringing it back to uh, Invincible, and uh, I'm I'm liking, uh, I'm liking where it's going, and I'm wondering what they're gonna cut out. And there's that whole reboot arc that, again, doesn't need to happen, right? I don't think. Yeah, like if if Invincible even got like ten seasons of an animated series, would they even put the reboot arc in? It's it's interesting because, like I said before, it's kind of like a love letter to the the history of comics, and that reboot arc is a lot like it's kind of like all rolled into one. It's a little bit like Miles Morales. It's a little bit Nightwing being Batman. It's a little bit you know. Uh, kind of like death of superman-y with like with some you know uh like four characters coming to be superman or whatever but it's like it's kind of like that homage which is interesting but i i actually like because i because i only remember seeing the comic covers i hadn't made it that far when i initially read um and so reading it this time i i liked the way they did it because like when i kind of like when i kind of got to that um that arc, I think it's is called reboot, or the trade is called reboot. And I kind of yeah. like rolled my. Is it reboot a with bit. a question mark, or is it just reboot? Yeah, yeah, it's reboot with a question mark. Actually, yeah. almost all of the trades are names of sitcoms, which is funny. Yeah. Like, oh, by the way. Yeah. By the way, I love the fact that they got Reginald Bell Johnson to voice Principal <laughs> Winslow and. Like I almost started crying because don't they go of, to Reginald Bell Johnson High School, right? Is that what yes? The, okay, yeah. And and the the principal is Principal Winslow, and I personally I love like I have a deep deep love for Reginald Bell Johnson. Like it's a very deep like uh, I like I'm almost tearing up just uh, talking about it. Uh, I have a deep love for Carl Winslow for Family Matters for Reginald Bell Johnson as an actor, like. Uh, uh, he was like my TV dad, right? And so, uh, having him and his voice, and I'm like, and that the character design, yeah, and it was it was just great for me. Sorry, I just wanted to throw that in there. No, when I, I, when I first it. saw it, I was like, that can't be him. That's like that's like someone doing an impression, right? And then I looked, yeah. and I was like, oh my god, like that's crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like when I when I got to that reboot saga, I kind of like rolled my eyes, like, oh, this is gonna be like. Like I had a, already had an idea of what it was going to be, and it's not like that at all. It's it's a lot of um, even Invincible set up a like a basically a company that can like protect whatever power plants, etc. People can buy into it as insurance. Well, then Invincible has to go into space to do some Viltrumite stuff, and uh, and so like she gets. Um, what is his name? Why can't I? I'm blanking up. But basically, in the first episode, they had that orange and yellow suit 
which is like a great callback because another yeah. guy puts that suit on. That's and, the second uh, Invincible, right? Yes, and then he becomes the second Invincible. So you like already they built in like, well, this suit was designed for Invincible, and so this guy could definitely fit into Invincible's suit. So yeah. like, uh, so which is like just a, such a funny like callback. But yeah, he so he kind of just dresses like Invincible, and th- she's just like, just fly fast, and no one will notice. They'll just see the yellow and blue yeah. suit stripe or whatever. Um, he, uh, sorry, like he, a- he picks up the mantle before the reboot arc, right? He, uh, we're, talk- yeah, we're talking maybe, about he- the, uh, we're talking about the black maybe. superhero who has similar power set. Yeah, is that's that what, what I, about? is that not the reboot part? No, I mean, he, he, be- black he, suit he becomes, um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to look this up. Um, his name Again, is Zandale, like Zandale Randolph. He goes by yes. Bulletproof, and temporarily yes. he becomes invincible when he fills in for Mark. Um, and then, and is that in is the that when reboot Mark gets, arc, almost gets killed? Something like that, or Mark gives up being invincible for a little bit to raise his family. I believe there's yes. a there's a there's a thing it. there. And then in the reboot arc, I forget what happens in the reboot arc. That's why I need a I need a, a, a Andrew. Do you remember? What happens in the reboot arc? No, this part I totally do not remember. This is the what this is the arc where that like something gives gives Mark a chance to go back in time and change the change his past, but in mm. that past he never has Terra. Like oh, oh, that's what it is. There's like a I, I just looked at the cover. So there's like a yeah, there's a um like an alien thing. He's he's on an alien planet and these like tendrils come up and they pull him down. And he basically, it starts right as he gets powers again. Like, it starts back at issue one. And oh, then right. he... Um, With that's the knowledge like, of what will take yeah. place. So he basically has all this knowledge that his dad is, you know, going to kill everyone or try to take over the world. And he does that, like, he fights him immediately and and does a bunch of stuff differently. Um, but he kind of, he still has this, like he can't basically go up to Eve and be like, Hey, you and I dated, we did all the stuff, blah, blah, blah. We have a child. Yeah. Like he, so he kind of has to still go through those motions, but as things, he has the knowledge that robots going to be evil. He has these like, and it's, what does he do with that? Do you play it the same? And then ultimately when given the choice, yeah, like, like uh, Tara, who is, who becomes his daughter, he basically says like, I'd read like, you know, like Tony Stark at Endgame. Like I'd rather give up, all of this and make all these same mistakes because of her to keep her right. versus lose her. Um, right. And then kind of the alien is like, you failed us. Like we gave you a second chance and you didn't have it. And and that's, that's cool. Like that's almost an entire season or at least like three episodes, I think that you could really go back to and, uh, and do it. Yeah. I kind of forgot about that. Cause it's such, it's a, it's only three issues, I think. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's super sad because I, I I was just kind of reading through the Wikipedia just to glimpse it. Um, the entity is confused why he would trade countless of lives, countless lives for one. And yeah, it, I mean, yeah, we also don't yeah. know whether it's a real alternate reality or not. Yeah, you know, which would be. But when you say like, would they do it for the show? Like, 
yeah, like they would to to riff on Avengers Endgame, to riff That's on true. Like, Hawkeye replacing Hawkeye with like a, a younger and different Hawkeye. Like yeah, they would absolutely be able to riff on like stuff. I- so yeah. That's a that's another thing going back. Like you brought that's a that reminded me, Andrew. Um, like from there's like a there's like a definitive line of comic book movies, and I think it's like Dark Knight. I think it's two thousand eight. Like I think it's Dark Knight and Iron Man, where they basically like the audience is smart. Don't treat them as like these aren't movies for like kids aren't just seeing these movies. Adults are seeing them, so like have a like have a more complex plot like you would never have seen like a winter like captain america winter soldier type plot for like you know yeah (laughs) pre-2008 it's all like even like blade or x-men like yes they're great but they have like a very simple plot like blade is hunting he is a vampire he's hunting vampires you know like it's it's a very like they don't really get more complex x-men's the same plot they are mutants they're hunting mutants and also, Blade Two and X Men Two are way. the same. Blade Two and X Men Two are the same. Really? Right? Like in in X Men Two, they have to team up with the Brotherhood to fight another like uh, threat, and it's like oh, yeah. Blade he team up with the vampires to fight that other threat. Like it's yeah. just that like that same like cadence of of whatever. But yeah, it's I, I'm glad we live in a world where I can watch something like a WandaVision that is just like off the wall bananas trip through TV time, but also like a super sad family drama. And then yeah. also watch something that's like the winners, Falcon, the winter soldier, which is just like a, a political thriller, you know, globe trotting thing yeah. that takes place in the same universe as like Ant-Man or, you know, like a Captain Marvel. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty, it's the way that they've been able to replicate comics on screen and the tones and everything are like, people are like, they're going to see this because it's a superhero movie, not because it's necessarily horror or whatever. We can cross genres and do this stuff is like totally insane. Like, I don't know how they convinced someone to do that. It had to have been dollar signs, but there's like, this will work. Do this. Um, Yeah. And yeah, like it's a great time to be a comic book fan. It's a great time to get started delving into comics. Yeah. Andrew, how do you feel about being a comic book fan and what we're getting these days? It's overwhelming. Like, honestly, I, I don't keep up with all the all the movies by now or all the shows. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's too many shows. Um, so uh, at this point, I, I pick and choose what I like. Um, I I I kind of rely on on maybe what I've already read from years ago, and <laughs> at, at some point, yeah, sometimes it's just like I, here's what I'm already kind of already acquainted with, so that's what I want to watch. Yeah, uh, some like I try to watch everything that I can, right? Like that's mm-hmm. me. My personal goal is like keep up with everything, and there are things that I have to nowadays force myself to let go. And I, 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 what is very interesting is when I was a kid, when I even up to high school, I would have ate up like everything. Like I, this is an embarrassment of riches, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I watched mutant X. Do you guys remember the, the, the TV show mutant? Yeah. X? <laughs> I, I, I watched, watched that. Mutant I watched birds X. of prey. 
Yeah. Like, because it was, I, all, I it was all Wednesdays and that was the only superhero thing on at that time. So it was like, okay. But like now it's like the flash Batwoman, star girl, like just CW shows in general are mostly superhero things. Like, yeah. Yeah. And like, as, as a kid, I would never have imagined that I ate up everything animated series included. So what I've let go nowadays is like, like there are shows that I will never ever see the guardians of the galaxy animated series that they had. Like yeah. I will never watch. Like I, I would have liked it when I was a kid, but I have learned to let it go. Cause I'm watching some other stuff. There's the whole Hulk agents of smash. I would have <laughs> loved when I was a kid. I, I can't watch it like that. I've let go. You know what I mean? Like there's so many shows that like, you know, uh, poop 34 in the comments says I watched that. He watched the generation X pilot. You know, and it's like the Generation X pilot. Yeah, the Disney Marvel stuff is kind of meant. Yeah, the Disney Marvel animated series, I don't watch. Like, I, I'm not interested in. But like, when I was a kid, I would have eaten up everything that I could have gotten a hold of. Mm -hmm. Because that's where we were when we were younger, you know? And uh, uh, I get it. I, I, I get it. Again, an embarrassment of riches. And I'm, 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 I, I've come to, to, you know, resign myself to that. Like, I get that we have, we have way too much to watch. Yeah, like, I've, I can't watch CW anymore. Like, I just, I gotta, like, I'll probably keep Stargirl for a little bit just because it's newer, but I just, like, yeah. fell off everything else because it's the same, it's the same thing every season. Let's Superman and Lois, though. Uh, if, if I can say anything, Superman and Lois is good. It's good. I have no interest. I was, like, I watched the pilot, or not the pilot, yeah. the, uh, like, the trailers, and I was, like, I don't care about their farm mortgage. And their kids. It's out yeah. there. And watch, that guy does not look watch, like Superman. Watch episode one. Watch episode all. one. I think I think right, you'll I'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, give it a shot. Um, but yeah, like the I just you know it was. I'd rather have too much to watch and not certain and not stuff and have the quality of things that we do overall, versus going back to those like those days where it's like we're gonna get we might get one X-Men movie and that might be it. Or we might get, you know, a couple more and like, this one's bad and it's going to be bad for four years. Cause that's the only X-Men thing coming out until something else bad comes out. You know, it's, uh, so there's good and bad, but I, I am glad that all of that without like the Disney Marvel, um, stuff or the, even the DC stuff, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to have things, these fr like fringe comics like Invincible and the Boys and Jupiter's Legacy be shows that are faithful to the comics in look and tone um, that we have. So I'm I'm the, grateful for that. The original yeah. Lucifer comic is amazing, and I understand the Fox show is basically just a procedural. Uh, so. Yeah. I heard it starts yeah, off as a procedural and it, and it continues, but I heard it really, it does get into the mythos a little bit. That's just what okay. I've heard. Okay. I've never, I, I heard it gets way more into the hell stuff. Okay. Um, also, how bad is the FBI that every single show is like, we need a writer or Satan <laughs> or a, a time traveler to come help us solve yeah. like random crimes that, right that are normal. It's, at a certain point it's going to be like you know what we need to solve this this crime and many other crimes a juggler 
You know, a ju- a jugglers are are very specifically trained to juggle cases. <laughs> the juggler, the juggler on NBC Thursdays. We, we can't. We just can't handle this many cases. If only we could juggle them all. Wait, I know a guy <laughs> specifically trained for this. <laughs> we need something to keep these three bombs in the air. They can't yeah. be. They can't be oh. in a hand for more than one second. It's like, yeah. oh, I got a guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, Poop34 <laughs> says, when we go for the jugular, we meant it. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, that is yeah. exactly what would be on that, like, on the poster. Yeah. <laughs> on the billboard. Oh, my God. This is a good idea. Guys, I'm going to write it, and we're going to see how it goes. We could, we could shop it around and see who picks it. Yeah. CBS. CBS would definitely pick it up. Yeah. You Tom know? Selleck is the chief of police. Yeah, yeah. Who's like, who's a new who's the new up and comer that would totally be the juggler? I don't know. I don't know. Ian Ziering would be like the villain in the show <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. As we as we close up this episode, I wanna I wanna thank anyone out there who is watching us on any of these multiple platforms, including volume.com slash the keeg show which is our main platform that we love to uh, uh call out if you guys aren't on volume.com you aren't anywhere no i i <laughs> that that seems that's that's harsh no please like and follow us at whatever platform you guys are watching because wherever you guys are consuming this show we appreciate but volume.com is our main squeeze so volume.com um gets our our uh undying love and gratitude for for putting us up um, and I also want to, uh, thank Kyle and Andrew for coming on the show here and talking invincible for two hours. Uh, 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 it, it's been uh, a pleasure to have you guys here. Um, uh, if, do you guys have any final thoughts about invincible and you know, what, what you hope for? Uh, I think like once it gets on its legs a little more and like, kind of like gets past this little pump and that might not be till season two i feel like it's gonna be just like take off and they'll be able to kind of go crazy without doing so much world building um so that's what i'm excited for i'm kind of excited for these stories after this and my initial hope was they would kind of either lengthen this a little bit to kind of make it you know shocking for the audience or you know get past it quickly but we're kind of in this middle ground but Mm-hmm. Um, I am enjoying what I'm seeing and the faithfulness um, that at least like the designs and and are having and I and the cast is phenomenal. Like I don't know if I can name a a, a better show with a better like cast of people that are like <laughs> perfect for <laughs> for their yeah. uh, their designs. Yeah, yeah. Andrew, you got any closing thoughts about Invincible? Um, yeah. I- like like Kyle said, uh, the the faithfulness of it, but also what you said earlier. Um, I'm really excited to see when they can get past uh, pastiches of, of Marvel and DC stuff and to get into telling their own stories. Uh, that's definitely what I would. Uh, I mean, they they did that in the comics, and I'm excited to see it in the show. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I'm excited to, to I'm excited to see just all the characters that like that I that I that I liked from the comics. Uh, um, I want to see Adam, Eve, and Invincible explore more of their relationship. I want to see that love there, because I think love is a big part of the comics. Um, uh, 
Um, and I'm interested also to see like where they diverge from the comics, if they do diverge from the comics and uh, what they do. Because Walking Dead, I never thought they would diverge from the comics, uh, divert from the comics, and, and they did. And they started getting more and more, but then weaving the comics back into it, even as it went, like, and they would do that. So uh, uh, regardless of what you say about Walking Dead or think about Walking Dead, like, that is kind of what I would like for the Invincible, for Invincible to kind of go its own route. That being said, there's a lot of people out there that aren't reading Invincible or haven't read Invincible that I would recommend the comics to them. Like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of comics out there for Invincible, and I get it. It's 144 issues, but, like, there there's 25 trade paperbacks or three compendiums. So however you want to do it. Um, and there's, there's a lot of places fairly- to do that. They're fairly um, priced uh, pretty well, I will say. I think we said the compendiums are like 50 or 60, maybe. Yeah. Um, they're selling them on Amazon. So, yeah. I mean, and if they're, you they're like go, They're going out of sale, though, too. They're selling yeah. pretty well on now, Amazon. And um, But also, like, you know, Amazon owns Comixology. I'm sure they're all on there. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I just binge them all through i used hoopla which is a library app if you have a library card it's free Mm. it depends on what library you're signed up to um but like i i kind of think it's it's a little more integrated and they have more than what your library actually has so it just depends Mm. but it's free if you have a library card which is also free yeah so i I can't recommend libraries more for comic book enjoyment if yeah. you enjoy they, comics or wanting to get into comics, like you gotta hook yourself up with your library. And they've really increased like since when I was in like college or high school, where it'd be like, yeah. oh, we have like the third trade of Hellboy. Now they have all you know, they they pretty much have a lot of, like most trades that come out, or yeah. these things that are becoming popular or are popular. So yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, when I was a kid, libraries didn't have much they and you just had to like it was like garfield (laughs) (laughs) well it's like oh where's the where are the comics here and it's like i could show you to the garfield section (laughs) it's by the kids section and now it's like no now it's in its own thing you know yeah 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 there was a time where i i memorized the dewey decimal number of where comics were (laughs) oh yeah because they weren't there wasn't a separate graphic novel section yeah 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 um I, I, it's come a lot and I'm very thankful for that. I'm, I'm very thankful as an adult, as maybe one day I will have kids and they will be able to enjoy an actual like comic book pop, like in mainstream pop culture, it, it, you know, um, you know, uh, it, it'll be nice. But in, as far as Invincible is concerned and reading those comics, like contact uh, or not contact, but like go to your library, get Hoopla, uh, like Kyle was saying, um, eBay eBay has a lot of used comics that, that like I've been filling up my library with buying used comics. If you want to own them, like those, those individual trade paperbacks, like I would say on like amazon.com, like would probably go for like 10 bucks, but you could probably get a a bunch of those invincible comics for like 10 bucks. You know what I mean? Like you can kind of figure it out and, and figure out what works well for you. If you're just wanting to read it, uh, comiXology and, and whatnot, but, uh, that's for any comics. I'd really recommend yeah. it. Um, uh, thank you guys so much, Kyle, Andrew, for coming on the show, uh, for dedicating some time to it. Um, um, 
Kyle, where can we, what's your social media? Where can we find you? Uh, what do you got coming up? All that good stuff. Yeah. So, um, you can find me at Kyle Dotson funny on uh Facebook or I'm sorry, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and like any other random platform, it's probably the same thing. Um, coming up. I mean, I do, I do occasionally, uh, I used to produce and co-host a podcast, but I moved across the country. So I'm only on occasionally, but it's uh, rock solid. You can check that out if you like music and comedy. Um, and yeah, I'm always just like posting uh, stupid stuff and dumb opinions and talking about cereal and whatnot on Twitter. So if, uh, if you want to come by and say hello, you know, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Andrew, uh, where can we find you? You got anything coming up? Uh, I have nothing coming up, um, but I'm ARC315 on Twitter. All right. Sounds good. And I mean, uh, I, I would love to have you guys on the show uh, again. Uh, uh, we, we do different topics every other week on the Keeg live. Uh, I like to rotate my guests, but you guys have been awesome. And, uh, Kyle, I, 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 and, and Andrew I've had on previous, uh, episodes. And so like, you guys already passed the test, you know, <laughs> like, you know, the entrance exam, you guys already passed that. So, uh, I would love to have you guys back on another episode. Um, as far as uh, the Keeg is concerned, we do the Keeg live every other Saturday. Uh, we This is our first episode back um, uh, off of a couple months hiatus. Uh, I uh, do not know what the next topic will be because it's two weeks from now, but I will make sure it's a good one with some really good guests. Uh, we also do a Falcon and Winter Soldier after show where we watch everybody, you know, watches the midnight drop once it does it and then at 1 a.m we do a late late night after show uh talking about falcon and winter soldier we do a friday uh night show called the key back where we shoot the shit with different guests and we we kind of just hang out um and then we also have comic talk where we talk about the weekly releases of comics on wednesday nights we kind of have like four shows going on here um uh, on the Keeg and with our creatorship with volume.com slash the Keeg show, that's where you could really check out all those shows. We also do Instagram live chats as well. Um, uh, that's on our Instagram live. So follow us on Instagram uh, at the Keeg show, follow us at TikTok at the Keeg show. Um, all our social media is there in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. You can find us here. Uh, we got a lot uh, that's happening and a lot that's coming up and I'm always planning for bigger and bigger things. So is there a chance that we might go on a tour across a couple of different states and do live shows? Maybe we're, 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 we're working on it. Uh, uh, that's, that's the plan. So uh, thank you guys so much for watching this show. Thank you guys so much for being a part of it. Kyle and Andrew uh, again, if you guys are out there, please follow them on their social media and uh, be a part of this community. It's an awesome community to be a part of, whether it's being a comic fan or a Keeg fan or an Andrew or Kyle fan. <laughs> You know, join us. Join us on this adventure. Uh, once again, that is the end of the episode. I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira, and this has been The Keeg Live. Take care, y'all. Super strong or super fast